Washington's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Ken. Early in the third period, Senators up 3-0 on the Canadians. Brady Kachuk has his 13th of the season. Late second period, Wild leading the Red Wings 3-1. Zuccarello has his 10th. In about an hour, it's going to be Vancouver and Calgary. Basketball, third quarter, about five minutes left. Raptors leading Sacramento, 81-76. And, of course, at the World Cup today, France 2, Morocco 0. So you got France and Argentina to play for the World Cup on Sunday. Morocco and Croatia will play in the third-place game on Saturday. Two teams that were in Canada's group, along with Belgium, and uh, they both make the semifinals. So Canada's uh, group looking pretty tough, which was kind of the thought going into the tournament as well. Thanks a lot for joining us inside Sports on 630. Chad, my name's Reed. You can get in touch, 780-496-0063. It's the good old hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. I always uh, get into the World Cup. I am not a uh, big soccer fan uh, in terms of following whatever, the English Premier League or La Liga or Bundesliga or MLS or, or anything like that. I, I'd, I'd sooner watch other stuff, uh, but I do enjoy the World Cup, and I, I watch Euro as well. I, I think I watch as much for the the pageantry and the spectacle and the tension as, as much as anything else. I love when they go to cutaways of fans during a big moment in the game. After Harry Kane of England missed that penalty kick against France a few days ago, they cut to a picture of a, it looked like a teenage boy in the crowd who was like had just broken out in tears and there was still some time left in the game, but soccer because of its low scoring nature has this built in tension to it that, you know, sometimes a team can dominate a game, but they're still only up by one goal. And if the other team can just get that one counterattack or that one break, they uh, they tie it up. And I think we've seen that in the World Cup. We've seen the penalty kicks, uh, numerous penalty kicks. Uh, you know, Harry Kane had two in that game against France. Canada had one. Alfonso Davies got stopped. So uh, Messi had a great shot on a penalty kick yesterday. It's Somebody said to me the other day, he said, Reed, if I got 10 penalty kicks against a, a World Cup goalie, I'd score on half of them. And I said, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I said, no, you wouldn't. Like, let's not be those people that inflate their own uh, athletic ability or don't realize how difficult it would be for a, an average Joe or Jane to play against the people at the highest levels of the sport. Like, Kellen, I don't know about you. Mm. If I had 10 penalty kicks on a good... So what's this guy for France? Loris, you know? Okay. Pick whoever, a, a mm -hmm. high-caliber goalie. Yes. Any any goalie in the World Cup, I don't think I would score on 10 kicks. I don't think no. I would kick it hard enough. No, well, that's the thing is that when you're at that level, it is a completely different game. Like this is, you know, this this isn't going to, you know, the local ESPB, uh, ES or EPSB, I should say, schoolyard in your neighborhood and getting Buddy to stand in net no, and that's take 10 cracks at it, right? Well, and these goalies are, are <laughs> huge, right? I mean, 6'6". Six, six, and as much as uh, the nets are obviously massive as well, but there have been shots in the World Cup of they use the camera behind the shooter as he's about to kick, and you see the goalie kind of standing there, you know, in like a standing snow angel pose. And I've thought to myself, ah, he's taken up a lot of the net, and if he goes the right direction, he's lanky enough to get 
uh, something on it. Now, obviously, the shooters score most of the time. But I think just a, an average person off the street, okay, go take a penalty kick on a goalie, I don't think they would score. Oh, I agree. I mean, the the odd person might, but I think at that level, cl- okay, so clearly there there is a little bit of guesswork involved, knowing a shooter's tendencies, uh, you know, what did he do last time if I face in my career, what does he like to do? So, yeah, sometimes you see the goalie go right and the guy hits it left and, and, and there's no chance. But I would think a goaltender up against somebody like you or me, Kellen, or uh, Dave in Spruce Grove or, mm-hmm. you know, Donna listening in Vermilion or whatever, they would probably have time to, to see where the ball is going and actually react to it. Right. Which wouldn't be the case against the, the people who kick it as hard as they do. I, I know they look at the plant foot and then the shooter is trying to disguise his plant foot and go in the opposite direction. But anybody you just pulled off the street wouldn't have that technical ability to do it. I wouldn't think. I mean, if I put my plant foot in one direction and tried to go another direction, I'd probably fall down or I'd kick the ball at like you would not even roll to the goal line. I don't know. I, I, like, it's like when people say, well, I, I, you know, if I got a good swing, I could, I, I could get a single. I could hit a home run off a major league pitcher. No, you couldn't. No, You wouldn't no. even blink by the time the no. ball went by. And I mean, like, I remember years ago, uh, remember the old Carnival of Champions? They would have the thing where, like, either Radford or Grant Fuhrer or somebody would dress up in the full goalie things, and you could actually take wrist did shots and stuff on the goalie. Yeah. Yeah, they did that for a bit, and, and it's like, well... You know, there was maybe once somebody rang it off the iron. That's it. And all the time I've seen it, that's it. Like, I mean, like, everybody's, it's a, it's the pros versus Joe's thing. The pros is going to win. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it line, would be right? fun. I'd be, I'd like to try that. I'd like to try taking 10 penalty kicks on a high caliber goalie. Just, oh, it'd be a blast. Just to see if yeah. I was, you know, close or maybe got one in. But I don't know. I think that'd be hard. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Gord on the line. Gord, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hi, I got a trade for you. Okay, am I, is, are you trading me and Kellen to another station? Because we have no <laughs> trades. No, no, I like you guys. But uh, how about uh, homeboy Newton Hopkins to Vancouver, Jesse Perarvi, and a first-round draft choice for Bo Horvat? Uh, okay. Here's my thing. Here's my thing with that. First of all, Nugent Hopkins has a no movement clause, so you'd have to—he'd uh, have to agree to a trade. But well, he—he'd go home to mommy. You think so? You're positive? Oh, sure. Okay. Sure he would. Uh, th- it seems to me that's a lot to give up for a guy who might not resign here next year. Yeah, but you got nine million dollars. All right. Okay. And would you not have to give the Canucks something else to take Puliarvi? No, you go. You can give them first first round draft choice, I guess. Okay, so you're thinking it's basically Nuge for Horvat and then Puliarvi, and then you're giving the Canucks a first round draft pick to take Puliarvi. Because we're we're like 27th or whatever. It's like a second round draft choice, really. Yeah. Well, depending on how they do in the postseason, right? I mean, last year turned out to be uh, 28th or whatever, and then they or then they traded down. Uh, okay. Sure. I I I don't know if they're looking to trade Nuge, and again, he would have to agree to it. I I don't know if he wants to leave. He's having obviously the best year of his career. But yeah, but you know what? Uh, it, it's it's uh, there. Everybody's trying to trade for these lower down guys. 
like, oh, the bottom six or whatever. Why not get a guy like Bo, Bo Horvath? He's a he's a a stud. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll keep note of this, and we'll see if it happens. Sound fair? Yeah, and if it, if, uh, it happens, give me a phone call back. No, you, me you, no you have to call in, and I'll give you a canned ham. I don't save phone numbers, man. That's creepy. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Gord. Uh, that is Gord, 780-496-0063. He wants to get Nugent Hopkins to waive his no-move, go to Vancouver along with Puliarvi. Uh, and a first-round draft pick for Bo Horvat. We'll see what happens with Bo Horvat. That is going to be a story to watch. Uh, clearly, Vancouver not having a great season. I mean, they've done better lately, but they haven't put themselves in a, in a good position here to uh, to be a playoff team. They're going to have to really... I mean, they're a game below 500 with, uh, what are they at, 54 games left, so they'd have to probably get at least... 68 points in 54 games to have a chance that's going 14 games over 500 that might be tough for them at this point yeah that's even more than the clip they were at last year after Boudreaux stepped in right uh yeah I think it would be a little bit better than that uh I appreciate the trade suggestion from Gord because those of you who are regular listeners know I'm 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 not a huge uh, fan of all the trade rumors and, and all that kind of stuff but uh I would in my opinion and I've been wrong before. That's less likely to happen. But uh, you can let me know what you think. 780-496-0063. we got to call a quick timeout. Uh, elk schedule, really interesting. Why are there home games on Sunday? We'll try to answer that. One woman is killed every six days by an intimate partner. And thousands of families are forced to escape abuse every year. You can help through the Global News Give Me Shelter campaign. Donate online at globalnews.ca slash shelter or drop off gift cards at Global Edmonton to support women's shelters that need our help. If you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, go to acws.ca for shelter resources or call 911. Steve the River Otter can't wait for zoominescence at the Edmonton Valley Zoo. Tundra the Arctic Wolf? Well, he's happy you can enjoy skating and art installations. Come see the Edmonton Valley Zoo in a new light as they proudly host zoominescence. Open every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in December and daily during the holiday break. Ookpik the Snowy Owl says, who knew the zoo was open in the winter? Visit valleyzoo.ca for more. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show, game at 7 here on 6.30 Ched. Oilers against the Blues. 6.30 Ched, the play-by-play home of your Edmonton Oilers and your Edmonton Elks. And we now know when those Elks games are going to be broadcast in 2023 as the CFL schedule has been released. And there are some new wrinkles for the green and gold. To discuss the senior manager of marketing and communications with the Elks, it is Evan Dom checking in tonight. Evan, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm excellent, Reed. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, thanks for hopping on the show. Uh, I appreciate you talking about this. The, I'll just dive right in here. The first thing that, that stuck out to me is, because I've been a season ticket holder for, to the Elks uh, since 1997, but besides playoff games, I can't remember the last time I went to a home game on a Sunday. There are three 5 p.m. Sunday home games in the summer prior to Labor Day. Uh, what's the thinking there? 
Yeah, it's, it's obviously a significant change to the schedule, not only for us, but teams across the league. And, you know, the, the rationale behind that is, you know, from a television perspective, we're going to have a game on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and, and us, I mean the league, uh, for the majority of the weeks leading up to Labor Day. So they're spreading the games out. Um, and, uh, you know, there's going to be some considerations for a television agreement down south as well, and that played into the uh, thought process on the Sundays. The other thing is, is you know, there's there's a lot of fans who have been talking to us about more opportunity to spend time away on the weekend and still come to our games and uh, Sunday at five o'clock gives them that opportunity whether you go to the lake or you're playing golf or doing whatever you enjoy uh, it gives you a chance to do that uh, you know Friday evening Saturday through the day and, and Sunday morning and then uh, you know come watch some football on Sunday evening uh, prior to Labor Day and uh, should be some beautiful nights uh, at Commonwealth Stadium this year on on Sundays yeah it is interesting uh... Uh, looking through the schedule here, um, yeah, most weeks through, I guess, the first uh, 13 weeks of the season have a game Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There are some exceptions and some long weekend exceptions. So that's a, a bit of a new approach from the league. Um, Evan, obviously a, a combination of factors uh, over the last couple of years ha- have led to fewer butts in the seats at Commonwealth Stadium. What kind of feedback are, are you getting from season ticket holders or perhaps people who have given up their tickets or gone to fewer games in the past? What are some key messages you feel that have been received? Well, I think the biggest thing that <laughs> we've heard from people and we've uh, we've experienced firsthand is, is the lack of success at home. I mean, there's no secrets, Reed. Uh, we've we've struggled at Commonwealth Stadium the last two seasons. Uh, it's it's been historically bad, and you can't shy away from that. And that certainly has been on the minds of everybody in the organization. Certainly, and, and all of our fans have, have become very frustrated with that, and we share in that frustration. So, you know, at at the end of the day, uh, you want to come and watch your home team win. Um, and when you start to doubt their, their ability to do that, then people get frustrated. And, and we understand that and appreciate that, like I said. And it's, it's, you know, I think we certainly feel like things are trending the right way in terms of our ability to win games at home. And we have a lot of faith, uh, you know, in the people who are, are tasked with making sure that our football team is competitive on the gridiron. And uh, we, we know that better days are coming, uh, not only at home, but for the organization as a whole. So that's the biggest thing for us is we, we need to win football games. And then, you know, there's, there's a whole lot that goes into uh, a game day experience beyond that. So enhancing your experience when you're in the stadium. So whether that's, you know, the video presentation, um, the different activations around the concourse, those type of things, uh, the quality of the tailgate, uh, people have have come to expect an incredibly high standard in terms of their sports and entertainment properties. Um, and we're, we're working really hard to elevate our game and level up. And I think we made some good strides in, in our game day experience last season, thanks to a lot of hard work from a lot of people behind the scenes. Um, and that hard work is going to continue. So you couple that with... Um, you know, affordable ticket prices and a competitive team. Um, and that's, that's a recipe for success. And, you know, we're very optimistic about 2023 and beyond. All right. I, I have to admit, Evan, when I saw this, I cringed a little bit, but I, I, I'll get the details from you because perhaps it's not as cringeworthy as I originally thought when I just saw the blurb come across. How does the guaranteed win ticket work? Well, the guaranteed win ticket is uh, a ticket to our home opener against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on June 11th. It's $90. It's the best seat in the house at Commonwealth Stadium. It's a P1 ticket. You purchase that ticket. 
And essentially, in a nutshell, is you buy that and you'll see us win at home. We're not saying it's going to be June 11th, although we certainly hope it is. But if we if we don't happen to win the home opener, then you'll get a ticket to the June 25th game against Toronto at no cost. And it'll keep rolling until we win a game at home. So we have a limited number of those tickets available. We wanted to sell a couple hundred this week. We're very close to selling them out, uh, which is positive. Um, and, you know, we're having a little bit of fun with the losing streak, quite frankly, Reed. I mean... If you can't lean into it yourself um, in the middle of December to try and generate some buzz, then there's no there's no other time to lean into it. So uh, it certainly has caught some attention, which is the whole point. I think we've sold more casual tickets, uh, you know, at this point of the season and for on on a very short period of time and in just over 24 hours than we than we ever have in the past. So it's been successful in getting people's attention. Um, and frankly, we hope that people come and they get to see one game and then they, they have such a good time and they enjoy the victory that they uh, purchase a ticket to the 25th game. We, we certainly don't hope that it rolls into multiple games for people, although some people are rolling the dice on that and, uh, you know, maybe thinking that it might, but uh, we're certainly, you know, feeling good about uh, the, the buzz that it's generated. Um, and quite frankly, it's, uh, you know, we're trying to have a little bit of fun with something that quite frankly, has been very painful for people inside the organization. Yeah, but before I let you go, what's the next key date for the league? The schedule is out. They've started doing that before Christmas for the last few years. Is, is it free agency, or what's the next key date for the CFL? Well, I would say the next key date for the CFL in terms of a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff is there's a league meetings coming up in January, the first week of January. I guess the second week of January, the 10th to the 12th in Kananaskis, and those will be really important meetings for the league. All the GMs, team presidents, uh, all of the league staff will come together on that one. Uh, so that's a pretty key deadline in terms of a behind-the-scenes stuff and, and the business side of uh, the CFL. And then in terms of free agency, yeah, free agency will open um, on the 14th of February. And that's a really big football day, obviously. And the fans will be excited about that. And we'll get a better sense beginning that day of what our, our 2023 MPNLs will look like. Uh, there's, there's, you know, it's an exciting day to, to be a part of because there's a lot of energy. Uh, there's a lot of optimism. Um, and everybody's undefeated and has the best roster in the in the league by the end of that day. So that's a big date for the fans to look forward to. But there's going to be some key dates in terms of some league business in early January as well. Evan, thanks for enlightening us. I really appreciate you hopping on the show. All the best and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Same to you, Reed. Appreciate you having me. Evan Dom, Senior Manager, Marketing and Communications for your Edmonton Elk. So there's the lowdown on the schedule. CFL trying some different things, including games Sunday at Five Mountain in the summer months prior to Labor Day. He is considered perhaps the greatest all-round athlete of all time. And Jeff Perlman has written the book on Bo Jackson.